So I, I, Steve, I had such a wonderful, spontaneous, with a unrehearsed air way of starting this episode. Um, Go. Okay. So, you know how Jada Pinkett Smith has a new metal band? No. Well, she does. Uh, but there was a she, and it has a name. But I thought of a much better name that Jada Pinkett Smith's metal band should have been called. And do you want to know what that is? No. <laughs> You set me up. I'm sorry. I couldn't stop myself. No, it's just being like in an improv 101 class again with a person who just doesn't (laughs) understand the concepts. And now I have a gun. Yeah, and now I have a gun and you're dead. (laughs) I paid $400 for that class. I'm I'm truly sorry. I... I know, I know we were actually trying to start the episode, and I couldn't stop myself from being a little shithead. Sorry. No, you know what, Steve? With that, welcome to the Songtopsy Report, <laughs> where we dissect bad, bizarre, or otherwise noteworthy music to figure out how it died. I'm your host, Nick Brigadier. And I'm whatever the opposite of a host is, because I'm assuming like the, the very concept of a host is someone who lends himself to actually making the show move forward which I have proven myself completely incapable of doing today, Steve Trollinger. I was going to say the opposite of a host, I think, would just be a guest. And you know what? For always, Steve, you were not present for the first seven episodes of this podcast, so you're basically just an ongoing, continuous yeah. special guest. I'm the only one you can get. And ironically enough, yes, because we couldn't even get Mike today, because Mike, uh, just prior to recording, uh, wasn't feeling very well. So we're going to have to soldier on without him for this episode, which I'm sure he's going to be very disappointed by, because there's a lot of points about this band and this artist and the recent history of this artist that I feel like Mike would have a lot to talk about. And I'm just bewildered at what could possibly fell him. Like, I'm a little concerned for humanity in general. (laughs) Yes. That something was able to fell Mike Russell and whatever it is is must be deadly to the rest of us. Yes, longtime listeners have heard many many stories of things Mike Russell has survived that uh should have killed him. So if he's actually not feeling well, uh we should all be afraid. I mean, he has the antibodies for coronavirus and is fine for Christ's sake. Uh but if this is your first time listening to the podcast, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, today we are discussing a very tough-to-find band, a new metal band, one of the f- perennial best genres of the uh, late 90s to early 2000s. I know I, I know of no good ones, to be perfectly <laughs> frank. Yeah, we've covered quite a few classics on this podcast, but today we're covering a band called Wicked Wisdom, which is... an. I say is because the band has not disbanded, so in theory there could be more music coming out. But this band is noteworthy because it was formed by Jada Pinkett Smith, accomplished actress in her own right and wife to one half of the DJ Jazzy Jeff duo, Will Smith. Bank Bankable, just like America's favorite couple, as, as I've been led to believe, apparently. <laughs> well, we'll have, we have some articles to share on that. Uh, but it's weird. So many people do not know about this band, and the band itself, and I guess by proxy Jada Pinkett Smith, because she was the one who formed the band, I think are trying to do that, because you can't stream this band anywhere. They're not on Apple Music, they're not on Spotify, uh, 
physical CDs are very hard to find. I even checked iTunes. iTunes does not have them. And you might know iTunes isn't even an application anymore. I checked iTunes on my phone application. You can't find this band anywhere. I mean, if you got if you got Pink and Smith power, you can crush pretty much anything, any part of your past, apparently, unless you decide to talk about it to everyone. On your, and I mean everyone. On your fi- very own Facebook Live talk show, which we will get into. Because obviously, th- this was a band that I'd had kind of on a list to cover for a long time. But with Jada Pinkett Smith and her husband Will Smith being in the news quite often over the past couple of weeks, it seemed like now is as good a time as any to uh, bring this to light, much like other things were brought to light. So... We will get into that recent history, plus the history of this band and how she formed it to begin with. But first, you should get a little bit of a sense of what Wicked Wisdom sounds like. Uh, The band was formed in 2002 and performed music relatively actively until 2006, 2007. And then occasionally she'll bring the band out again for like a one-off performance. But uh, they only really released one real album... And this song that we're going to play was one of the singles from it. It's one of uh, two songs that actually had a music video. This song is called Something Inside of Me, and it goes a little bit like this. Darkness comes, his haunting eyes whisper her unworthy devices. Weakness peels away, her skin consoles his illness deep within. I'm going to stop there. I'm going to really piss the audience off because it was definitely building up to something, but you'll have to listen to find out what it is. Uh, but that is a little bit... Yeah, that's that's what was stopping them from listening to the whole episode. Exactly. St- Steve, you got to bait the audience just a little bit. Feed them little morsels of wicked wisdom in every You're context. a master of that, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, stop it, you... Uh, but yes, Wicked Wisdom is an American new metal band formed in Los Angeles, California by Jada Pinkett Smith in 2002. Now, Jada Pinkett Smith, I'm sure most of our listeners are acquainted with, but for those who aren't, uh, she is an actress uh, whose breakthrough role came in 1996, uh, starring opposite of Eddie Murphy in The Nutty Professor. And since then, she's been in over 20 films, some notable ones including Scream 2, Ali, The Matrix Reloaded, Matrix Revolutions, Collateral, all the Madagascar films, Magic Mike XXL, and more recently, uh, Bad Moms, Girl Trip, uh, Angel Has Fallen, and the TV show Gotham, which I did not watch, but apparently she is in as well. Yeah, she's Fish Mooney. Who is Fish Mooney? She, play- uh, she plays a completely original character for the show. She's like a crime boss. No kidding. Uh, and the penguin used to work for her, which is funny because her name's Fish and he's a penguin. <laughs> and that was as far as they thought. Yes, classic. That was as far as Gotham that wordplay. Now, when it occurred to me to cover this band, I actually have I've shockingly mixed feelings about this because the very first thing I I thought when I actually saw this band performing live was. Uh, listeners might know I'm a very big metalhead. Metal is just such a beautiful, multifaceted genre. However. Though it has gotten better at this, I would say, in the past 10 years, metal's not a particularly diverse genre. There's a lot of white guys. So Nick, metal, metal is multifaceted in the way that a slightly folded piece of paper is multifaceted. It is slightly varying shades of white. So when you see a metal band performing, or an even... Okay, you know what? A new metal band. I won't go too crazy. When you see a new metal band performing je- made up predominantly of black musicians with a black woman no less as the front person it's genuinely refreshing and i think it should be encouraged because it shouldn't be just such a boys club and so 
kind of closely knit. So a part of me Wait, was, don't get us wrong. We're not saying that new metal should be should be what? Should, Wait, should be uh should be like should be moving forward. Like we should new we should metal celebrate. as a genre should be moving further yeah. further backwards. But we shouldn't we shouldn't be celebrating and uh enticing more people to get into new metal. We're just saying that like in general there should be more diversity amongst musicians. Yes. Yes, 90s nostalgia is in full swing, but new metal can stay where it was. Uh so on the one hand I thought, "Geez, should we really be covering this band on our bad bizarre and otherwise noteworthy music podcast?" However, the other swing side of this I was thinking was, "No, wait a second. This band and this project was completely a vanity project by a multimillionaire actress who even in 2002 was like one half of an insanely powerful power couple." So, it's still like she still I'll, I'll get into the history of the band, but she formed this band. She's like, I want to do this. Find me musicians, so, and did that. Though I might, I might add that uh, of that couple, she was the only one smart enough to say yes to being in the Matrix. That, that is true. Will Smith was supposed to be Neo uh, and turned it down to be in Wild Wild West, which we also covered on this podcast. Yeah, I. Uh, but in talking about this um, to someone before recording, I I was telling them what we were going to talk about. And then I said, um, yeah, Jada Pinkett did to Will what Will did to the rest of us with Wild Wild West. Disappointed us? Well, we'll get to it later, but (laughs) what she did to him is the equivalent of what he did to the rest of us with that movie. I'm intrigued. Uh... So then I was thinking, okay, but this is a vanity project, so it's not that it's not like this was an up-and-coming band that kind of did it on their own. However, then I swung back again because I was thinking, okay, sure, it's a vanity project, but who goes into new metal to make money as a project? Nobody. That is the that is there is only one right answer to that, and it is nobody. So it occurred to me, okay, it's a vanity project, but she still genuinely wanted to do this because you wouldn't go into this genre unless you actually just wanted to make this music. There's no money to be made in it. So then I started thinking, okay, then I should support it. But then I listened to the music, and I don't think it's very good. Nick, is there a corkboard on your wall right now with a bunch of multicolored strings attached to a dozen push pins? Yes, Steve, there is. And I erased it and moved it all prior to this because I knew you would just bring it up. Just just like, I don't like this song, but line to the next thumbtack. It celebrates diversity, but line to the next thumbtack. I was tossing and I turning don't... all last night. Actually, I was, but that was for unrelated reasons. That was because of restless leg syndrome. Uh, but this was still occupying my brain, just in a separate compartment. <laughs> I have nothing to say about your uh, RLS. It, it's real, it's, and it's annoying. I think it's just because I I'm, not, I, I'm not walking as much, and I'm almost wondering if that's what's making it happen, what's impacting it. Look, Nick, I don't air other people's dirty laundry, okay? What happens to you at night is your business and your millions of Facebook followers. No one else's. I feel like I owe it to the listeners. That, that, that's one thing I've learned from Mike Russell. Rest in peace. <laughs> not literally. Like I hope he's I resting say, comfortably right now. Very. He was very sleepy when we talked to him last. I hope he's he's sleeping again. We checked Twitter to see he's trending. Oh shit! Because so many people are all dying in the past two weeks now. That's apparently so many the, celebrities. Yes, and Mike Russell is a celebrity at this point. Uh, but regardless, so I was able to actually find when I was researching this band, I was able to find an interview that uh, Jada Pinkett Smith did with MTV, which is shocking, because I didn't know MTV had anything to do with music, but apparently at one point they did. Uh, So from MTV, 
Uh, Jada said, quote, I listened to all kinds of metal as a kid, she said. Metallica, Guns N' Roses. I would always look at Axl Rose and say, why aren't there any chicks out there doing this now? I always wanted an opportunity to get out there and rock out. So, in 2002, Jada Pinkett Smith decided it was now or never. She called a friend in the music biz, and that's all they say. Uh, at this point, based on the artist we covered, I'm assuming she just called Chad Kroger. Uh, and mm-hmm, asked him mm-hmm. to help her out to uh, help her get a band together. And shortly after, she met. And I love the irony of the fact that this is what the article I read said directly. Quote: uh, Shortly after, she met the Zach Wild to her Aussie guitarist Pocket uh, Hanor, who uh, we just recently discovered Zach Wild. So at first, the group, and this was also interesting, tried a, quote, rock-soul fusion thing that didn't quite feel right, but they went on tour in 2004, opening for the European leg of Britney Spears' Onyx Hotel tour. So this band's first tour was with Britney Spears. I gotta say, you... Perfect fit, I know. You, you can't you can't whiplash audiences like that. If you go in expecting one thing, music... Live music audiences are very unforgiving. Oh yes. And I've said I've said this before in terms of like if you put anything in front of them that is not what they are expecting, they are going to riot. She actually They're going to be very upset. To her credit, Jada Pinkett Smith, she said that. She said, uh Quote, on stage, I'm giving them Jada versus me giving them a character, she said. And some people like Jada and some don't, and that's part of it. It really grounds you and empowers you when you can get on stage and know you had a good show someplace where no one, no one's heard of you. And the audience might not be that enthusiastic, uh, but you're rocked out and have a good-ass time. And then this is the quote. Uh, quote, the difference is when you do a crappy movie in Hollywood, everyone says, quote, great job. On OzFest, if you're crappy, they get you off the stage and you know where you stand. Nobody's out there clapping because they want to protect your feelings. So it's a very honest, it's a very honest space, a very public yet honest space. She's very comfortable in very public yet honest spaces. Steve, it's almost like you want to get to a different discussion, uh, which we will get to, because the only other thing I want to say about the band was, um, so as as previously mentioned, uh, they did perform at OzFest, and they also performed at Download Fest in 2006, which is one of the biggest uh, metal festivals in the UK, which is shocking, because I actually looked up the uh, bands that she was playing with, and for Metalhead listeners... You will know these names. She performed. They, their band shared a stage with Tool, Soulfly, Gojira, Metallica, Trivium, Arch Enemy, Satyricon, which is a straight-up Norwegian black metal band, Opeth, Cradle of Filth, In Flames, Dragon Force, and Song Topsy alumni Lordy, which Steve, you were not present for. No, I was going to say yes. All those people I know. Exactly two of those people that I know. <laughs> Or two of those groups. <laughs> yes, Lordy of Shake the Baby Silent fame. So she, they then pivoted the band to be more metal. They, she recruited additional musicians, and she said it was when they kind of went in a heavier direction that things clicked. So, so they performed as this metal band, and for some reason, just after 2006, she actually set aside acting quite a bit for these years to focus on the band. But after 2006, after releasing one album, they kind of just fizzled out and apparently are still active. Like, they're still listed as a band that could continue to make new music, but they have not done so so yet. So they're like the... I'm about to make a very, very dumb history reference, as I'm I'm wanting to do. I'm very excited. So they're essentially like the Russo-Japanese war of bands. Like, they're not actively doing what they're doing but nobody's ever like written down on a piece of paper uh we're not a band anymore this is over 
Exactly. Please, listeners, check out uh, episode one of Are You Telling Me from a few weeks back to hear more fun, anecdotal, historical tidbits just yeah. like the ones you heard. Yes. Because did you know that, Nick? Did you know that technically Russia and Japan are still at war? Is that just one of those formalities that they forgot to close? At the end of World War II, yeah, they were the only ally they didn't technically sign a peace treaty with because they were in a conflict over Kamchatka, I want to say. Basically like a little peninsula on the, in the eastern part of Russia. So like to this date, they have not agreed that they are no longer at war, but they are also not technically fighting war because Japan can't. Uh, yes, yeah, so to recap, the new metal band by Jada Pinkett Smith, Wicked Wisdom, and their current status is exactly like the Russo-Japanese War. And World War Two, And World War Two. Uh, now, Jada Pinkett Smith, one reason she hasn't done this band probably is because she's been very busy recently uh, with a Facebook live show called Red Table Talk. Now, you may have heard of this because of a recent episode, because I don't think anybody was watching anything on Facebook Live prior to this episode uh, that Jada Pinkett Smith is the host for, and her guest was Will Smith. Now, uh, why was her this guest... Was, this, was, this was the first kind of thing people would watch on Facebook Live and not be horrified by. Because you, you were seeing two celebrities airing out hot goss and their own personal dirty laundry on a Facebook Live show for your entertainment. Yeah, as opposed to the usual use of Facebook Live, which is for, like, showing how awful of a human being you are and doing a bunch of terrible things. See, that's more context for Facebook Live than I even had. I don't even—I know there's—like, I see ads for, like, shows on Facebook Live, but I don't know who watches them. But 26 million people watched Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith's discussion because uh, what started this whole discussion was on June 30th, 2020. Uh, Singer August Alsina claimed that he and Jada Pinkett Smith were involved in a relationship in 2016 with Will Smith's permission. Now, a spokesperson for Pinkett Smith uh, denied these claims, saying that they were, quote, absolutely not true. However, on July 10th, during an episode of Red Table Talk featuring Will Smith, Pinkett Smith confirmed an, and this is the word that has now seeped into the zeitgeist, an entanglement with Alsina during her separation with Will, although not with Will's permission. Jada said that Alcina misconstrued it as permission because she and Will were uh, separated amicably. And she also clarified that she wanted to heal Alcina, but needed to finish healing herself first. Uh, but we do have a little clip from Good Morning America that does a nice job of summarizing this. Well, that's what we're going to start with. Is that start this with... is a very personal journey. Yeah. That became very public. In this episode of Red Table Talk, a series hosted by Pinkett Smith, known for its candid conversations, she let her husband ask the tough questions. So what happened, Jada? Following weeks of speculation, the superstars confirming that while the two were briefly separated, Jada entered a relationship with singer August Alsina. I think um, you need to say clearly what happened. Yeah, and then I got into an entanglement with... August, that's what I said. An entanglement? Yes. <laughs> yes. A relationship. Yes, it was a relationship. The 51-year-old actor... I'm assuming she meant quantum entanglement. Do you think that's what she meant? I'm assuming she was talking about the fact that on a quantum level, in the smallest space that reality exists in, her quantum uh, like eigenstate was in perfect vibrational frequency... Uh, harmonizing with this other gentleman so that like if she were on the other side of the universe 
and she like moved her arm up and down, he would also at that same moment in time be moving his arm up and down. So I, that's what I'm assuming. I, th- I, I think it's a, a completely safe assumption, Steve. And uh, August Alcina seems totally fine with this in that he immediately wrote a song with Rick Ross called Entanglements. So let's hear just a little bit of that and see if he's over it. So yeah, he seems over it. Uh, you 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 didn't even have to play that. All you had to say was with Rick Ross, and I knew this was going to be <laughs> this was going to be a well thought out, like philosophical discussion on the nature of human relationships. Oh yes, that is Rick Ross's bread and butter. Now the problem with Jada Pinkett. Well, first off, this was a wild success for her in that this Red Table Talk episode. Um, was apparently streamed 26 million times. Huge success, by far the biggest episode anyone's ever watched of anything on Facebook Live. However, uh, for the purposes of this podcast, it re-raised scrutiny on some of her old uh, acts. Actually, uh, I was chatting with my girlfriend's roommate, and I mentioned that we were doing this song by this artist, and she was like, oh boy, because she had researched, she had stumbled upon the fact that Jada Pinkett Smith had a new metal band back in the day as well. So despite the fact that this band is not on any streaming platforms, she's re-raised scrutiny, and I could tell because all the comment sections for all of the videos of this band are now just filled with references to this recent controversy. Uh, Most of them tasteless, like something along the lines of the song Something Inside of Me, people saying, I guess it's August Alsina, uh, etc., etc. God, just if you're going to be a monster, be a better monster. Be a more creative monster. Um, I did a whole thing about quantum entanglement. Yes, Come Steve. on, guys. Steve, you always keep it so highbrow, it's barely on your face anymore. The uh, bar is so high Well, let's lo- monstrousness. Well, let's lower the bar by getting back into the song. A dissection is imperative. Now, I also feel like they missed a perfect chance to rebrand this band and call them Blood Red Table Discussions on Facebook Dead. No, but they're new metal. You don't, that's not new metal, that's not what, that's not their steez. New metal has to be like brief and, but not to a point. Like, because if you say something is brief and to the point, that's what that means. They're like coming up with titles for things that are brief and to somebody else's point that was made a year ago in another country. Steve, I'm so proud of you that you, over the course of this podcast journey, can distinguish between new metal and metal otherwise. I It's been forced upon me. <laughs> I didn't want this knowledge, but now I am burdened with it. And what a glorious burden it is. Uh, so let's go back to the beginning, because we don't even really, haven't really even gotten into the lyrics. Now, not only is this song just difficult to find, like I said, YouTube is the only place I was able to find it, uh, but finding any semblance of, like, song meanings are very difficult. Like, nobody has done a deep dive into this, which also makes us innovators, because I think this song is about pedophilia. Based on I mean, sure. 
not. Unless, it, 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 I suppose it depends on how literal slash metaphorical we're taking it, but uh, so far we heard darkness comes, his haunting eyes whisper her unworthy demise, his weakness peels away her skin, consoles his illness deep within, and then of course just straight up violated little girl, it's just enough to hate the world. Uh, that's just like you, Nick, to read that fo- that much into a lyric. Ah, uh, you're reading so much into that lyric. Violated the girl. That could mean anything. Is this a Mike Russell impression, or is this just a facetious it- Stephen? I can't tell. They are one and the same. Facetious Stephen is literal Mike Russell. Yes. So you're telling me you can't include lyrics uh, "violated little girl" and make it anything but a reference to pedophilia? You're sick, Nick. This is all in your head. All right, then, Steve, what is this song about? What is Violated Little Girl, uh, Unworthy Demise? What is this all actually about? Oh, no, I agree with you, but I'm also sick in the head. So oh, I just assumed you're going to say it's actually about the Russo-Japanese War. No, Nick, not everything's about the Russo-Japanese War as much as I'd like it to be. <laughs> I would say that's ranked pretty high on the deep-cut wars. That's just how history nerds identify each other. Just low-key mean... mention Russo-Japanese War. I mean, here's here's the thing. Like, the thing I was talking about, the Russo-Japanese War ended, and it ended thanks to the intervention of one Theodore fucking Roosevelt. That was his middle name. Yeah, that's what he, that's what he won his Nobel Peace Prize for, too, was uh, facilitating their truce. What I'm talking about is it happened, like, at the end of World War II, and they just never kind of formally announced they weren't fighting anymore. They were on a break. <laughs> they had an entanglement. Yeah. Also, what do you think of Jada Pinkett Smith's vocal delivery? Because so far, it's, I would say, yelled is the primary style, which, you know, works for a lot of bands. It's very, I guess, Rage Against the Machine or Beastie Boys or just angry. I think, I, I mean, a part of it, too, goes back to what you said at the at the top of the episode. Like, on the one hand, you don't see, she she's a black woman, and you don't see really any black women in this sort of fronting this sort of group in this sort of genre. No. So on the one hand, it's like, I can't tell if it's like off-putting to me because I'm just not used to seeing it. Like, it's not like I'm, I'm watching it and, uh, and I don't mean off-put by like, Oh, I, Oh, this is only, only white men should do new metal. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that that's all I've ever seen. So like, yes. I am, I'm, I'm on the back foot. Like I'm thrown off a little by seeing, uh, you know, by seeing, by seeing a, a black woman doing it. And it's interesting because a lot of new metal music comes from a place of anger. But what do all of these white men, these straight white men have to be angry about? Like, why isn't new metal just nothing but uh, black women, uh, non-straight? Like, where are all of those people who have actual anger and grievances in this genre of anger and grievance? That is an excellent question. I feel like the criticism levied against new metal so much is that it's anger, but it's just a vague anger of just, like, suburban bored kids just angry at the system. I can't tell you how many live videos of a variety of uh, new metal bands I've seen where during a live show, at some point, the front man says something along the lines of, all right, everybody, middle fingers in the fucking air. It's like that level of introspection. I'm so angry because I live in a house in the suburbs 
and oh, it's so boring, but I don't have to worry about anything like where I'm going to eat or what I'm going to do with my life because everything's actually cool, but I'm mad about it being cool and like nobody's ever going to discriminate against me and I'm mad about being not discriminated against. Like I wish I was being discriminated against because then I could really be angry, but I'm angry at not being discriminated against because that takes away my ability to be angry about something. So two... 100% true. That would be those would be fantastic lyrics to cover. That's my new metal song. Yes. That's, yeah, that's yes. my new metal song. I'm going to I'm going to just put like a chuggy guitar riff in the background of that and then you have yeah. a new metal song, Steve. Exactly. So I give Jada Pinkett Smith I guess some credit for actually writing lyrics about something that are worth being angry about. Uh, it's also a little tough to rock out to it. It's like Slayer did an infamous song called Angel of Death which is about the Holocaust and about Joseph Mengele. And it's not glorifying what he does, but it's just kind of relating the horror to it. But it's still kind Nobody's of... Nobody's rocking out to it. No, people rock out to it. The headbanging and oh, mosh okay. that open. You know, Auschwitz, the meaning of pain, the way that I want you to die. It's, uh... It's, that's, uh where, that's where music kind of, as an art form, you know, art is typically used to, um, like, encapsulate in you know like people have raw emotions about terrible things and art is a way for people to express that raw emotion in like a concise concentrated form that is digestible but it really depends but you know when it comes to music music is meant as an art form to be something that is consumed and enjoyed and if you're using that art form to discuss something like that or like what jada pinkett's discussing it kind of it's in a it's in a weird place where you can't use art the way art's supposed to be used because it's also supposed to be a thing you're supposed to enjoy listening to like sort of like schindler's list nobody watches schindler's list it's like oh man you know what i'm in the mid for watching schindler's list it's definitely a thing you watch so that you can encompass the raw emotion of the horror. Yes. But it's not a thing you want to be watching like every, like you're just trying to figure out what to watch on a Saturday night. So like, this is really the only way you can talk about this subject is by having somebody who's already successful, who doesn't need to prove themselves in any sort of other like arena, coming out and writing a song that is not meant to be enjoyed because it's not going to be, like you said, it's hard to find. Yes. It's not meant to be enjoyed. It's meant to encapsulate raw emotion about a horrible thing, as an as which is what art does. But only she could do it. Because if you're trying to like make your bones on a on your new hit song about uh, like uncle touching, it's not going to work. You're not going to like make your money on that. So like, this is really the only way you can use this art form is if you're already successful. I think that's true. And you know what? To to the point you said, finding music that isn't meant to be enjoyed is what our podcast is all about. Mm -hmm. uh, so let's get back into that then. Uh, that was Motherfucker, because unfortunately we found the music video which edits out the naughty words. Yes, it edits out the naughty words, but none of the subtext. Oh, no. Because otherwise this would be an instrumental track. Also, she's got the 
angry new metal band like stage motions. Down. Oh yes, yes. She's got the she's like, well studied in that. She's got like the claw hand and the like almost de- like devouring the microphone with how close it is. Like you're just you're scrunched up because you're so you're full of such rage and pain. You can't like. You're waiting to explode outwards. Like, she's got all that down. And even just the the first line of the song is actually distilled new metal. Something inside of me is pissed. If that doesn't summarize general feelings of rage in new metal music, I don't know what does. Yeah, she de- she she definitely took what took me a full like five minutes to say out loud. <laughs> not like not like ten minutes ago. What took me five whole minutes to think out loud she made a single lyric for yes and then something inside of me could throw a ten thousand pound fist that fist is so heavy you could never gain the momentum to throw it but i suppose that's what makes it such a compelling point yeah it's it's called it's called metaphor have you ever gotten your hand have you ever gotten your i don't know what that is i'm an english major have you ever gotten your hand stung and had it like swell up no, I'm not a cartoon character. Yeah, I'm basically imagining Jada Pinkett Smith as po- Jada Popeye Smith, like with those giant just forearms, just throwing throwing fisticuffs at pedophiles left and right. Oh, oh, inside of me is And you know what? little girl. Uh, hearing uh, hearing Popeye say violated little girl is not something I was anticipating hearing on this podcast, but that's one of the joys of doing this show. Um, I was also going to say, uh, the fact that this band, and also that she lives in Los Angeles, California, means that she could very easily find pedophiles with which to throw her 10,000-pound fists at. Are, are there a lot of them out there, Nick? Is that what you're saying? Are there a lot of pedophiles in Hollywood and the film industry as a whole? I I'm, I don't think the myriad of Me Too's and Harvey Weinstein's have proven that at all. And if depending on where you go on the internet... Apparently, most of the politicians in power. Yeah, maybe that's actually the one area in which the song uh, fails as a new metal song. It's somewhat specific about who it's pissed at, which is not new metal at all. New metal is about sticking it to whoever the man is or who, whatever authority figure is. No, it's not even whatever authority figure. It's just general authority. So I can think of no greater weapon than focused new metal. That's like the that's like the 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 BFG from Doom in terms of just its effectiveness. It's like what if all what if it wasn't what if like every new metal band forever didn't just have a whole album of being generally pissed in different ways? Like what if like each song targeted a specific thing to be pissed about as opposed to just be a general feeling of anger? Like what if and we don't know because we don't have this album, but like what if like that's what this song's about? And then she has another song about being angry about systemic racism. And then she has another song about like, that's that's like a that's like a big fucking gun right there. That would actually be the yes, the best con the best new metal concept album. You have one where it's just generic rebellion against religion, let's say, and then another one generic rebellion against teachers, and then generic rebellion against parents, and then generic rebellion against politicians. And you just go down the line. This would be the pedophile cut off that album. Yeah, but what I'm saying is most new metal musicians are just like the whole album is ten songs of general of uh, generally being upset about things? Question mark. If they ever 
like did one of those as seen on TV CD collections, which probably a lot of our listeners might be even too young to remember. But I feel like that's how they would describe it if they were pitching it. Ten songs of generally feeling upset about something, question mark. Songs like Anger Equals Me. And then you hear in the background, Anger Equals Me. Quick, give me another title. The Revenge of... The Revenge of the Big Red Face. Revenge of the Big Red Face! Uh, <laughs> I sh- love this game. Shabbat Shablam. Shabbat Shabbat Shablam. Shabbat Shablam. That's the one uh, black sheep on the album. Yeah. <laughs> they got one, one random doo-wop song. All right, but regardless... It's about, be- it's about being angry on Saturday. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> Shabbat Shablam. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just coming up with like with like or, he, I'm coming wait, up with like Jewish Jewish new metal. What's uh, that? What's that song? That's uh, is it by Breakdown or something? That's actually a it's a new metal song about being angry about the subject of new metal songs. That's it. That what, is, what is wildly that meta. What is that song I'm thinking of? It's like this the the guy is mad at like people who are take out their like anger. On people, it's like Shine Down. No, it's Shine Down. That's the band. I can't remember what the what the song is, but uh, it's, that's like the whole sound song. Of that, madness. Yeah, that's it. The sound of oh, madness. Yeah. Oh that's, my! That's here what we that, go. Another loose cannon gone. Yeah. Yeah, that's the whole. That's what that whole song is about. It's just generally being mad. It's a new metal song about being angry at people for the general anger that they take out on people through their new metal songs. I never actually pieced that together. I remember hearing that song on the radio all the time. Wait. Yeah, yeah, I get it. You're an outcast. Always come in and last, bringing out the past back. No one owes you anything. I think you need a shotgun blast to kick in the ass. No one owes you anything. Yeah. Uh, it's nice to know that new metal reached like so. That song was to new metal what Scream was to horror movies. You needed something that was referential enough of the medium it was a part of. Yeah. Wow. Definitely. What a man. What I'm, a deep I'm dive into new metal. I am. I am full of all sorts of witty uh philosophical dissertations on what new metal is about that i didn't know i had inside of me that was what you said on your dating profile exactly yes we love that joke nick i love that joke when you make that that joke. is a deep callback steve i have i've shown tasteful restraint for like a year now but with, oh i don't think it's a year but with my god back, so sir. are the rules I will be back, sir, with exactly the last time you did that i eagerly await that but let's move on to verse two All right, so this is the song is now advocating murder, but it's murder of pedophiles, which I think this everyone def- yeah. can be uh, get behind. Look, I, there's not a lot that we as Americans can all get behind, I know, but I would like to think that that's at least on the top of the list. Oh, yeah. Also, also, this is definitely, I'm definitely getting a lot of Janie's Got a Gun vibes now. Really? Yeah, that's what that song's about. It's about uh, the victim of pedophilia taking revenge on, on their tour. I thought you meant instrumentally, not lyrically. No, 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 lyrically. <laughs> Janie's no, no. got a gun, a gun, it's a gun that Janie possesses. Nick, are you, 
Are you just ashamed to admit you don't know more lyrics to the song Janie's Got a Gun? I will admit that when you hear that song, just that Janie's got a gun, that's the only part that comes into my head. Dog days come undone. Uh, but we heard strangled virtues, shallow holes, whisper. I'm sure. I'm sure that was another line that the August Alcino haters jumped on. Uh, whispered this hate within my soul to kill a man who dares to be the bringer of these vicious deeds. So Jada Pinkett Smith, let it be known, does not like pedophiles. Just another, another, another brave soul. I know. Bravo. Uh, saying what we're all afraid to say. Steve, did you have something you wanted to say? Yeah, I was going to say, I like how she's, uh, in the music video, I like how she's counting out the I am's. Yes. Like, she's she's doing that thing that uh, theater majors do when they're trying to determine what the... What the... Uh, uh, Pentameter is? Well, yeah, what the... Or the... What, 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 stre- the what, it, what the meter is. Yeah, yeah. What, the, what the stressors and unstressors is. She's doing the... She's doing the children die from hands... Okay, it's a trokey. Yeah, she's counting That yeah. feed the sickness of one... Okay, that's a... But my problem that's is seven. That's seven, so that's a heptameter. The problem is she missed like one or two syllables at the end, given the uh, meter she was using. Children die from hands that feed the sickness of one's darkest needs. Evil will not be erased in any woods or secret place. And then it ends. There should be one more syllable after that, but she just kind of ends it. Well, that's by not having a stress there. You immediately bring focus and attention to it like a, on a subconscious level which as you've you've proven by having to talk about it for as long as you did i suppose that's true also uh she does acknowledge it's a <laughs> oh this is a hot topic she says the uh children die from hands that feed the sickness of one's darkest need she's calling it a sickness which i i don't know i don't know how i feel about i don't that. get i don't get down i don't get down with that yeah it's because then you get into the whole concept of can can well, what's the term like non-offending pedophiles like people who acknowledge that they have this attraction that they haven't acted upon but is that right. still does that still are you are you not a pedophile until you've committed the crime I mean I would like to I, I don't and again we're podcast hosts about music so I don't know the science behind the brain chemistry but I don't and I I just don't know what the science is like so i couldn't say if there is scientific evidence that there is a like something in the brain that they you know you can't control that switches on or switches off and because attraction is it's like one of the most powerful human emotions like you can't it's very difficult anyone who's ever been attracted to anybody is very like it's very difficult to not like the the emotions that that triggers and the chemicals that it triggers in the brain are very hard to resist, like on a conscious level. So, like on the one hand, I don't want to say that there are people that are born in such a way that they can never be cured and need to be locked up forever. But on the other hand, fucking don't touch children. So, like it's it's one of those subjects that's like you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. I, I think that's a universally agreeable statement, Steve. Don't fucking yeah. touch children. Don't fucking touch children, guys. But you know, the, yeah, that whole that whole oh, rigmarole of is it a sickness? Like, because you know, there's stories of people who who are perfectly fine, and then they encounter 
some sort of brain damage, and now all of a sudden they're in a they're they're unable to control their anger. Oh, you mean like every like, serial killer? Yeah, that gets like, a head injury. Like that one, and that one story of the guy who got a railroad spike through his brain, and he yes. became a completely different human being from that day forward. That's science. Like that happens. Like you damage parts of your brain, and that part doesn't work anymore. And whatever that part used to do doesn't do, and you're not going to be able to unless you correct it in some way really change it i can't imagine it's really that different from people who do this kind of shit or it's possible jada pinkett smith was just referring to sicknesses and like you're a sick fuck sure how long did i talk about that (laughs) i'm i went to a fugue state did i go on for like 25 full minutes about about the, the the pathology of serial killers and pedophiles. I'll have to go. I'll have to double check the timestamps to see how long it was. But uh, there's still. Oh my god! Was it? Can we? Uh, can we talk about the song some more? <laughs> oh my god! Let's get back into it. Yeah. So yeah, and then she's back to being angry. The main problem I have with this song, Steve, is I don't think the song itself is good. Okay. I can I can, I can say that I admire and to a certain degree respect, even if it's a vanity project, Jada Pinkett Smith's just doing what she wants to do. And I can I, I appreciate the fact that like I don't know, it's tougher to get into genres where you don't see a representation of yourself in any of like the bands that you enjoy um but i just uh it sounds kind of like what it is it sounds like a bunch of hired guns trying to make a specific sound i don't know i feel like she really if her goal was to increase representation in this genre that she enjoys she she likes this genre and she looks at it and goes there's too many um straight white men who have nothing to complain about doing this type of music. I want to see someone who looks like me, so I'll just do it. If that was her goal, I can certainly say from my perspective of someone who hates all new metal and <laughs> thinks it's all garbage, that that's exactly the emotion I felt from watching this, so she did it. She accurately represented the genre in a way that I felt the exact same way listening to this song and watching this video than I did from when we covered Limp Biscuit or <laughs> talking about Linkin Park or any of these other guys. She succeeded in that regard, according to how I'm reacting to this song. According to the laws of new metal, I am reacting in an appropriate way. Exactly. She she succeeded at what at her goal of she she is representing herself in the genre that I don't like, and I'm having the exact same reaction to it that I do when like white people do it. So she's done it. This is this is a this is exactly it's what It's not a boys club this. anymore, folks. I mean, I will And s- I sh- and I should say we should all be lucky enough to get to a point where our one passion makes us enough money and gives us enough clout that allows us to just fucking make every other passion we've ever had happen. Like I I would as ter- in terms of like a blessing on your house, that is something I would I would wish on anybody I consider my friend. I hope you get to do this one thing you really like to do to the point where you can then use that 
to do all the other like secondary things you've always wanted to do. And on that and no one can stop you. And on that note, and I don't know why this just suddenly occurred to me, but if you like this podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and tell all your friends about it. Just throwing it out there. Yeah. How long how long of a how long of a uh, a silence do you want to have to cut out of this editing process? <laughs> all of it. Uh, however, there is one little section I do want to get to a little bit later in the song where, Steve, I'm going to ask you a question that I never thought I would ever say on the show, but do you want to hear Jada Pinkett Smith's death growl? You know, I've come this far, and I've, I've probably said a lot of stuff I shouldn't have said, so sure. <laughs> her and the whole band kind of just rocking out during this instrumental break like i feel like so many bands i like their first album or their first couple demos are terrible like there's so many bands where it took like two or three albums for them to become a good band i feel like there was a chance because this band released kind of essentially one album as like a metal band i feel like there's maybe a better band that could have come out of this if they'd continued. But the fact that their album came out in 2005 or 2006, I believe, and then there's been nothing since, they just kind of stayed stuck in Arrested Development, which maybe is actually the perfect metaphor for a new metal band. I mean, most bands start at a level of suck, and then they become mediocre, and then if they really push themselves, and if they're lucky, they become good or great. That's just what happens when you practice literally anything. You suck, and then you're okay, and then you're good, unless you give up. But in general, that's the process. They started at mediocre. So if they had kept going, God knows what could have happened. Who knows what they could have become? They just needed to apply themselves. Um, this is probably anecdotal, too, but I did find a video of this song being performed at uh, Download Fest uh, and the funny thing was, I feel kind of bad because the band is performing, but it's it's one of those multi-cam professional shoots, and all the cameraman keeps going to is Will Smith off to the side and his reactions, because the fact that Will Smith came to support his wife was all that they wanted to focus on. So, unfortunately, this will, this will be lost on the audience, but uh, find the video if you can, Wicked Wisdom at Download Fest 06, but uh, I just want to show Steve this. <laughs> Cutting back to Will Smith, just like looking deadly serious, but like bobbing his head, like okay, yeah, yeah, okay. And and again, I don't like. She fits. She perfectly fits. And like, I'm not. Again, at the top of the episode, I I you know, I stated, you know, like because you only see a certain type of person in this genre, it was odd at the very beginning to be like, oh, I've never seen a black woman perform new metal music before. So it was kind of like, oh, this this is new for me. This is weird. But now that I've like eased into it and I've watched a bit of it, I, I, I see no, like that went away, and now I'm like, yeah, she, she seems like she belongs in this, uh, in, in uh, like it doesn't seem like a fish out of water, like you would think. Well, that's kind of the thing. I, uh, to me, the song teeters between bad and noteworthy, only in the sense it's noteworthy because this is just a genuine oddity. It's genuinely weird for I just feel like an actress 
who has a husband in the music industry who's done hip hop for her to be doing metal. And I just feel like there was not like because you're right. She doesn't seem. And and Will Smith has no idea what's going on. Will Smith is just like, I'm just happy to be here. But there she doesn't seem a thousand percent out of place. Like she's energetic, like the band, like they, they look like they fit there. It's just weird that they didn't keep the momentum going and go further with it. So it just kind of became this weird one one off that now you have to legitimately search to even find existed in the first place. I mean, it's it's definitely a breath of fresh air in terms of if you're if you're taking as a group of people like couples who are in more or less the same industry, and then one couple does this type of music, and then the other half of the couple does X type of music or Y type of music, this genre is not what you would think. Like, if your husband is a hip-hop artist, you would think that in, a, in uh, like, the, the, the partner would be, like, a pop musician or something yeah, like Yeah, something that. complimentary. Or, or also in hip-hop. Yeah. Or also in hip-hop. But like, so that's, that's, actually a, that's actually an interesting change of pace, which I, I'm down for. So also I, I feel bad for Jada Pinkett in this case because this is definitely the same sort of like scenario where I watched um the the videos of Hamilton uh like in 2015 when it was being performed at the White House for the president. Mm-hmm. Like so they were performing the the whole cast was performing Hamilton at the White House for President Obama, and roughly three quarters of the video is cut back to see if President Obama likes it. Like What's President Obama doing? Is Obama liking it? What's he is he getting into it? Does he like it? Is he mad? Is he sad? Is he happy? Is he laughing? So I if you're watching it to try to like watch a, a sort of staged performance of Hamilton, you'll basically just be watching the director's commentary of like here's where Obama laughed and now this is where Obama was uh clapping. <laughs> Someone's got to. So, like, I feel bad. Someone's got to splice up the just the uh, Disney version and just sync it up with Obama's reaction, so you can almost see like what Obama was reacting to the actual stage version. Yeah, that would have been. I I I don't. I so saw. I, I I feel a little bit bad for Jada because that is definitely what is happening here. Yeah, and that's just the nature of the business, I guess. Yes, uh, yes. Unfortunately, it's it's the novelty that Will Smith was at a legitimate metal fest to support his wife. Everyone just wants to say, "Ooh, what does Will Smith think of it?" But, you know, I suppose the way to kind of sum this all up and conclude it in a really succinct metaphor, because, Steve, you have shown me the way of metaphors throughout this episode, uh, Jada Pinkett Smith, for the most part, is in a committed relationship with acting, but she had a one-off entanglement with metal, and she's now back into the fold with her Red Table Talks. Nick, you son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, ho, ho, ho. We have fun here. Uh, but that was... Um, something inside of me by Wicked Wisdom. Uh, you can check them out on YouTube, and like I said, pretty much any. That's about it. Maybe you could find one of their CDs uh, floating around Amazon. Uh, and who knows? Maybe they will do more music. But so far, given uh, how successful these Red Table talks have been, uh, I don't see that happening anytime soon. I mean, her her goal was to be in a new metal band, and, and she's she, in a new metal band, and she succeeded. This is- this is Totes New Metal, and I still don't like it because it's New Metal. She succeeded. She succeeded at doing New Metal, which in and of itself is a failure. Yeah, which I, I don't like. So, But uh, who am I? I'm just a guy doing a podcast and trying to remember if he said anything that's going to get him into trouble in a couple of years. 
I'll let you know. But who are you, Steve? Actually, what a perfect time to tell us who you are on social media and where we can find you. Oh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at yourmantrolo on the stephentrollinger.com website um, and on the uh, the DDP, Dapper Devil Productions website, I should add, not the mm-hmm. Diamond Dallas Page website. No, certainly um, not. Though, I don't know, maybe I'll meet him one day and I'll take a picture and then you can find me there too. Uh, I hope so. And you can find me um, on all social media. At, just look for Nick Brigadier or N Brigadier on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, check out Dapper Devil Productions. And I suppose Mike would say that, yes, you can find him at MrMikeRussell.com. That's MrMR.dot. And, uh, yeah, like Nick said, you know, send us your thoughts, your feedback. And uh, why don't you tell us what uh, what subgenre of metal you would make a band out of if you were a successful millionaire and could just do whatever project you wanted? I don't know. Does that sound on brand for him? But, yeah, in the sense that, like, you said that, and I was like, ah, should you know? That was my immediate <laughs> That's all reaction. it takes. Um, yeah. But that is it for this week, guys. Mike said he will be, I think, raring to go was his phrase for uh, how he said he would be back next week. Uh, but until then, thank you so much for joining us. I am Nick Brigadier. And I'm Steve Trollinger. Ah, without the without the mic buffer, you're not going to do yeah. your, your patented it, bit. No, because it it's a it's the rule of threes, Nick. That, I couldn't. It's 100 fair. Wouldn't make much sense. Uh, and we will see you next week, guys. Take care.